social connection. We are social beings more than we realize. From what happens in our brain with mirror neurons to fads, to words that catch and our phrases that we use to our behaviors in an elevator. So social norms are something that we follow because we're social beings and we value connection. It's really important to talk about social connection and happiness because the main happiness study that lasted eight decades pointed to that one thing that's the main contributor of happiness. It's not money. Yes, we need money to be comfortable. We need a certain amount to be able to comfortably live and pay bills. But then on above that, it really doesn't add to our happiness is what the research shows. So Harvard, back in 1938, they conducted a study and so they had a diverse cohort of 724 participants. 268 were Harvard College undergraduate students and 456 14-year-old boys from economically challenged neighborhoods in Boston, Massachusetts. They continued this study. Okay, so initially what they had were interviews, medical examinations, um, just of the participants. Then as they aged and they had families, they also included 1,300 direct descendants from three generations. And this really enriched the study, gave a broader perspective. Um, they looked at genetics, environment, choices, um, and how the trajectory of life happened. And they gave them questionnaires about happiness. What they found shocked them. And you may have heard of the loneliness epidemic that's happening. Uh, it's been around for a while. It started at 11% before the uh, pandemic in 2020, and it's slowly increasing to about 13% in the latest World Happiness Report. This means people worldwide, at least one in 10, are saying, I feel alone. Now, it doesn't mean if you're single that you're alone, and it doesn't mean if you're in a relationship, in a community gathering, that you're not going to be alone. Because you can feel very lonely in a group, or you can feel very supported living a solo life. What determines this is, do I have a support system? Are there coping skills that involve my friends, my chosen family, uh, my colleagues, my place of work. Something just to interject here. The younger generations, they're looking for their place of work to take care of all of these needs, where in the past, we have not looked to work for this. We uh, historically would go to work. And what would happen after work? Like everybody was at home together having family dinner and there were activities in the community. 
and people may go bowling, people may go to a house of worship, and there were certain days for these activities. We didn't have social media, cell phones, TV, all these distractions, and there may have been radio, and then when there was TV, it was three channels, and you had to get up to turn that knob. Um, I remember that when I was a child in the 70s. Uh, so look how quickly we have progressed. And what I'm saying is we didn't have so much loneliness back then because there was a sense of community. I remember in the 80s, a movie would come out and the community would see the movie and we had something to talk about. Um, now, there's so many movies. There's so much streaming. What are you talking about? People have different preferences. There's different platforms. Um, I may never know someone because they're not on the same platform as me. And I've chosen other platforms socially. Um, so going back to happiness, what we've seen with the evolution of our technology and social media is we're not as connected and there are higher levels of loneliness. And what this Harvard study found was connection is the key. So it didn't matter whether they were um, in a different socioeconomic class or Harvard educated, they had the same report and the same similar results of just reporting that, yes, I can be going through a really difficult circumstance. And maybe it's not economic. Maybe I have an illness with chronic pain. And yet I'm going to report high levels of happiness because I have so much support and love in my life and I'm not alone. Uh, and the person might say, okay, so I'm not a person of means financially. And yet I have land and I built this house and I craft things and and I have made houses for my children and they live around me and we farm and we have community. There's happiness. So uh, how is happiness defined? According to research, people from all socioeconomic levels, and I'm going to say it was all men back in 1938, um, so but they said it's connection. So that is really powerful. This is a really important talk that we're having today. Um, how do people support one another? Just that emotional support, knowing that someone cares about us. And if we don't have that, there are support groups that we can find. There are therapists where we can go and we can have someone listen to us. And it really doesn't have to be a therapist. If we listen to one another, a lot of our unhappiness would just resolve naturally because we would feel hurt. Um, and so you can find emotional support and you may say, okay, I feel lonely and I don't really talk about it, but that may be what's coming up in you right now. And you're in a really good space to be feeling and experiencing and acknowledging that to yourself. That's the first step. And so don't be afraid of those emotions and you be the emotional supportive person and you become what you want to have around you. Um, and 
be that person. So lead your life with what you want in your life. Okay, so practical support. I mean, daily task. If I have a flat tire on the road, who am I going to call? Now, I'm probably going to call in the U.S., AAA. I have AAA. I've had it for decades. Uh, but also, who am I going to call to come help me? Who is that person that I know I can depend on? We all need someone like that, and we need to be that person to someone. Family, the family knows us the best. Um, and there are times when we lose loved ones, when there are rifts, when we don't feel that supported by biological family. So who is our chosen family that we have in our lives that we say, you're my family, and they say the same to us. It's very endearing and meaningful to find family, however we find it. So in the, we would call the chosen family friendship. We all need a sense of belonging, so community and identity. Um, and when I was in the 80s, I was a teenager, and I remember we were being taught rugged individualism. You can achieve, you can do it on your own. And leadership at that time was one person at the top, and it was top-down leadership. Now, all of that has just come unearthed because the research shows community brings happiness and leaders need collaborative teams functioning around them. Uh, so it's not a one person um, shop individually or in an organization anymore and the data proves it. Uh, so it's really important to have community around us. What are your interests? Just start doing something that maybe you thought, I don't have time for this. I'll do it when I retire. Start doing it today. Something that you may be a little bit out of your comfort zone. You're going to meet people and you're going to form connections around that interest, around that hobby. And you don't know what opportunities may arise for connection. Social well-being. Um, you know, we have an effect on each other. Uh, just think about when you see someone hurt, when you're watching sports and you see someone and they get hit really hard, what's the response? You can hear the crowd go, ooh. Now, that is a biological response. It's called mirror neurons. And that is happening in our brain. It's involuntary. So with one another, when we look into someone's eyes and connect, and say, hello, how are you today? In a sincere manner, that has a profound impact. The little things. When we're standing in the grocery store and people are just standing in line waiting to check out. That's the great part about not doing self-checkout. If you're still standing waiting for that cashier, look at one another, give eye contact, see if someone looks at you back and sparks a conversation. I know when I travel and I'm solo, 
much easier to spark conversations. I'm out and about a lot. Um, And so I remind myself of that in the moments in my community to be as open as when I'm traveling and taking public transportation and exploring museums and gardens and, and, okay, I need to do that in my own town, in my own backyard. So we need to maintain and nurture our connections for happiness to be achieved. And it takes work. Relationships take work. They don't come easy, uh, but they are worthwhile. And anytime that we get close, to someone, there's going to be conflict. So knowing how to communicate our needs versus our wants, knowing how to listen, knowing how to be an active listener, all keys to successful continued connection. Uh, So we have a garden and we are pulling the weeds out of the garden. We're watering the garden. Fruit and vegetables are growing and herbs, but it takes work. So think about it, your social connections like a garden. So what are you grateful for in your relationships today? How can you express that to someone? Could you see them in person and let them know just a sentence? I appreciate you. I am so glad you're in my life. Now, if they're far, you could make a phone call, you could text, you could email, you could use social media. The best is always going to be in person. The second best is going to be that phone call. And so do your best to, you know, you could write a handwritten letter, even if they are close by, a handwritten note, hide it somewhere where you know they're going to look and let it be a surprise for them or send it to them. Just think for a minute what you could do to show appreciation because we forget. We forget to say, I love you. We forget to say, I appreciate you uh, from the sincerity of our heart. And those who are closest is who we take the most for granted. So today that's your assignment. And journal, write about what that felt like, what the response was, how that fostered connection That's going to rewire your brain. It's going to release those happy chemicals. So serotonin, endorphins, dopamine, and those neurons that fire are going to wire together around that activity. So the next time you're reminded of a relationship and you show gratitude, then the brain's going to light up again and you're just going to get that natural high and it's going to positively reinforce this. Uh, Not that it's going to become easy because sometimes we think, oh, but they said this. Oh, but they did that. But they didn't do that. We're living in a real polarized society. And, you know, I suggest take a break from social media. Dig down into your values. What are your values? Live them out. Read books. Actually pick up books and read them on topics of your values so you can grow roots into them, so you can be grounded and you know who you are and you're not swayed by other people or by the fad. Stay away from the drama that's on the social media. So don't get into arguments that, I mean, where are they going to go? Because 
I don't know if I can change your mind about a topic and I'm not too sure you're going to change my mind. I can guarantee I'll listen to you. I'll reflect back respectfully what you're saying. And that'll mean so much to each person when that's happening. It doesn't mean agreement. It doesn't need to. And so if you need to fast from social media, I mean, even if you can do it for an hour, start with an hour, go to a day, um, as much as you can, turn off the notifications on the phone, just so you can focus on social connection that's with real people in real time. Research proves happiness will only increase as we practice this habit. 